0: Grassroots. True Grit. This is Shenango Voice. Visit our website at ShenangoVoice.com, and if you enjoy our programming, share a link to our podcast with your friends. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant at 103 East Main Street in Norwich, New York now serving the Shenango County community with take-home comfort food and indoor dining. Lunch and dinner Monday through Saturday with lunches from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and dinner from 5 to 8.30 p.m. To order or reserve a table, call 607-334-9480. The weekly menu can be downloaded from their website at 2 Just click the link to Bohemian Moon at the top of the page. Hello again, everyone. My name is Mark Finero, and I'm the technical director of Shenango Voice, a local public service podcast. Our mission is to inform, connect, and inspire Shenango County, New York with information and stories that bring out the best in our community. Shenango Voice came into existence just ahead of the coronavirus pandemic. Due to New York's current social distancing recommendations, we've adjusted our intended format, opting to perform interviews online instead of recording in our dedicated podcasting studio. As a result, we're sacrificing some audio quality for now to keep our participants safe and bring you timely information. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced some big changes in how medical care is delivered in Chenango County. The medical appointment has received a big makeover and now healthcare can be as close as your nearest computer. Welcome to the virtual visit, a hybrid of an old fashioned doctor's house call and a medical appointment at the office. This interview with Dr. Kurt Harding was recorded via Skype on July twenty second, 2020, with Shenango Voice producer Diane Gallo. In this episode, that old question, is there a doctor in the house, gets a brand new answer as we present an overview of telemedicine, what it is, how it works, and what you can expect from your virtual visit.
1: Hi, this is Diane Gallo with Shenango Voice, and we are here today with Dr. Kurt Harding, primary care medical director of UHS Shenango Memorial Hospital in Norwich, New York. Dr. Harding is here today to talk with us about virtual visits, what they are, how they work, and to tell us a little bit about what we need to know about getting ready for a doctor's virtual visit. Now, I was interested in a presentation I had seen you do, Dr. Harding, a while back, where there was you gave a little background on how virtual visiting started. Would you give us a little bit of history on
2: that? Sure, it, um, you know it's interesting if you look way back, there has been evidence of quote, telemedicine or telehealth or virtual visits being done even way back when, as soon as the telephone was invented, doctors were talking to patients over the phone and giving advice and taking their symptoms. So in some aspect, the old fashioned telephone call was a, was a kind of a virtual visit. But if we fast forward into the late fifties, early sixties, when NASA started launching men into space, they needed a way to monitor their health. And so they were equipped both in the, uh, the, the spaceships themselves, along with their, uh, uniforms, they would have certain sensors where they could monitor them long distance and, and see how they were doing and how the health was happening. Then of course, if we fast forward to the day and age when the internet exploded, and all the our capabilities of doing videos as well as audio things digitally, um, that's when telemedicine, as we know it now, really exploded, and healthcare began to look at how how can we tap into this technology to use it to our benefit for the patients, uh, and and then improve healthcare. So it really did begin way back when NASA took it took it on in a form but it's really been since the internet took off that this has really exploded. And of course, in the last 10, 15 years, we're seeing it just you know, ramp up like crazy. And then of course, with the COVID uh, epidemic that hit, places that had never used telemedicine were using it because that's pretty much the only way we could communicate with our patients until the offices began to open up.
1: I seem to remember from our previous conversation that you had gone to an um, almost an impossible, mind-boggling number in a few short months. Am I getting that right?
2: Yeah. Prior to the COVID, looking at the data from the month of March, we had done a total of about 1,500 virtual visits over the entire healthcare system. And most of those were done as virtual visits in our walk-ins, especially those down in the Binghamton area. When COVID hit, we ramped up to 15,000 in April. So it was, you're right, it was mind boggling. And here at Shenango Memorial, we had not really tapped into that yet, but within a week, every one of our providers was able to do a virtual visit. So we, the, the COVID, I mean, this may be one of the, the silver linings of COVID is that it really helped us to expand this and, and uh, ramp this up in a very short period of time.
1: Could you talk a little bit about how how you approached it as a physician moving into this, <laughs> into this new world, you know, what were your um, concerns and how did it affect you?
2: Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, I, I have to be honest, you know, I'm, I've been practicing medicine for over 30 years. So I'm I'm dyed in the wall kind of traditional, got to have the patient in the exam room, all that kind of thing. And and there's certainly still a place for that. This virtual visits will not replace that. But this whole idea of being able to do a decent evaluation and appropriate evaluation of a patient digitally and virtually you know that was new to all of us and a little bit I have to be honest I, I, a little bit scary in that regard but again I, I hearken back to what I said previously when I thought about it I'd been doing this for years over the telephone after hours on weekends patients would call me and of course I would make an assessment of what they told me call medicine in tell them you know whatever they needed to do so it really was just an extension of that maybe brought in more during our business hours and and after where i could actually see the patient and be able to do that and then as i began to do some of these virtual visits i began to recognize you know it's interesting it's it's almost like a virtual home visit you know i i i I used to make home visits i go to patients homes and see them in their in their in their environment and i learned a tremendous amount that way well now i can do that virtually granted it's not the same i don't see everything going on there but I still am able to see their surroundings, what's going on, see them in their home environment. And so as a physician, I I gain more insight into the patient I'm taking care of.
1: I think many of us are too young to remember house call.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm dating myself, sorry.
1: (laughs) No, I'm dating myself because I I remember having the doctor come in and said, oh, Dr. Brody's coming, you know, I've got to pick up. So coming back, coming full circle to this um, house call idea is is comforting for me, who has it in my background and my history, and to say, oh, it's just a different way of having a a house call. And in a way, it feels, as you said, the silver lining, kind of a luxury.
2: Yeah.
1: How comforting.
2: Yeah, because we had really gotten away from doing house calls. This might be a way that we can reestablish that um, in a little bit different way, but in a good way.
1: So what I'm thinking is that there are many people in our listening uh, audience who have not done a virtual visit yet, and it might ease them just to uh, kind of know what the process is. And I guess I didn't ask the other question. The other side of the question is, how have patients responded?
2: All right. let me answer that first. Certainly during the COVID epidemic, they've responded very positively. Um, The idea that we are able to reach out to them, see them, talk to them over over the, uh, I'll say phone, but over the computer, really helped us to connect with them and them with us without creating any increased danger of them having to go out and being exposed to anything. So overwhelmingly, it was positive. But I also will add quickly that even the previous visits prior to COVID, when a lot of these visits were through the walk-in, very positive. It's so convenient. You know, you have a, a fairly simple medical problem. You just need to find out from the doctor what to do or, you know, can, I, can you call in something for this or whatever, to be able to quickly do that on your phone and be able to have a visit where you see somebody, talk to somebody, have a prescription sent to the pharmacy, and all that happened in about 10 minutes without you ever leaving where you currently are. I mean, it's just, it's so convenient for the patient. Um, so they, they really, you know, they really liked it. Now, the drawback of that, of being in a rural area is, of course, that we have limited broadband width in some parts of our county. And that does create issues. And, of course, not everybody is tech savvy. So there's, there's, there's some folks who just, this isn't going to be real, uh, a real positive thing for them. But for the most part, it, it really has been accepted well. And having answered that question, I forgot the other question that you had. Oh, preparing for the visit.
1: Oh, I'm glad you remembered because I forgot. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Here's the thing. You know, if you feel like, and, and I'll just put this out to, to whoever's listening and any patient that thinks, you know, I think I'd rather do a virtual visit than come to the office. If you call and say, you know, I think I'd, I'd really like to have a virtual visit. My staff, our staff throughout the hospital, we, we're geared up to be able to do that. Um, and what we can do is that uh, the staff will walk you through setting up an account. You have to set up an account, um, but they'll walk you through while, they, while you're on the phone and while you're on your computer or whatever device you have, walk you through, set that account up. Once that's set up, that's a one-time deal. And then after that, they can set up the actual appointment for you, and what ha- after that what happens is that when it's time for your appointment, the nurse will get on the phone again and call you on, the, on just regular phone, say, okay, Mm -hmm. let's walk through this. And what's interesting and what's kind of neat is that the nurse will do their normal intake over the phone. So Mm -hmm. when the nurse normally puts you in the room, they'll ask you, okay, are you still taking these medicines? What issues do you have today? Is there anything else I need to tell the doctor? They're gonna do that over the phone and put that in the notes so that when I open things up, everything's right there for me. So it, it really, it's quite simple when you have our staff walk you through it. Now, can you do that on your own? Absolutely. If you go to the UHS website, it'll, it'll show you about the virtual visits you can click on, set up your own account, try to you know set up your own appointment. It's just it's a little bit easier to have somebody coach you through that, especially if you're not a real tech person. And, and we would we would like to say that this thing works 100% of the time. Reality is no technology does. So if you run into problems, difficulties, a roadblock, we can usually help you out.
1: Is there a structure or a sequence for how you do your visit? So you do the intake with the nurse.
2: Right. And then the nurse will, will direct the patient to what's called the virtual waiting room. And so they go there. And so they're, they're still signed in on their computer. They're sitting in the virtual waiting room. And then it shows up on my schedule that the patient is ready. I open the the Zipnosis. That's the platform we're using. Click on, share camera, and usually it pops right up that the patient's sitting right there. We can begin our conversation and talking. I find that the actual conversation, the visit, is really no different than what happens in the office. If you stop and think about many of your office visits, much of it is just spent talking. Yes, there needs to be, on occasion, a physical exam, or there may be an issue where we need to examine a part of the body. But many times, it's really just conversation, asking questions, getting history, Um, verifying a few things, talking about a medicine, talking about a test result, whatever it is, those things are really just a conversation. So I find that the virtual visit and the conversation is just the same as if the patient were sitting in the exam room.
1: I'm wondering what can I, as a patient who wants to be (laughs) prepared, what can I do to prepare for a virtual visit?
2: That's a great question, and those are the areas I think in the future we're going to fee, see a, a more expansion of technology to help us out. For instance, blood pressure, you know, what's your heart rate, all those kinds of things. I think that we're going to find that there are going to be technology. There's some out there now, but I think there's going to be technology that will make things so much easier and faster that even on a virtual visit, patient can push a button, take their blood pressure, and it shows up on my screen and I know exactly what's going on. So having said all that, I think, you know, if you depending on the situation, but having things like your weight, what has there been a significant change in your weight? Do you have a weight that you can tell me today that I can compare to past visits? Um, do you have the ability to do a, take a blood pressure and tell me what it is, even to take a temperature? Certainly, you know, if you're calling um, about your child with an earache, I mean, one of the things we're going to want to know is does the child have a fever? So, you know, those those kinds of things that normally would happen in the office, I think just some common sense type things to do, as you prepare for that visit and do that, you know, if you, and if, of course, if it didn't happen before you get into the visit, no problem. Well, you know, go ahead, take the child's temperature. Tell me what it is when it's, when it, when it beeps.
1: <laughs> I assume that you're recording as the visit is going on. You have a file open and that if there, that you may be recording information so that you have a, a record of the visit and a record of what medicine changes there was and uh, any follow-up directions for the for the patient am i inventing that or is that spot on? no no there,
2: there's so the patients understand too there's no recording of the visual or audio interaction that does not happen what happens is is, is that we document into the medical record exactly the same way we would document it if we had a face-to-face meeting in the office. There is no difference there. So whatever happens over the uh, internet gets documented in your medical record. Of course, it's going to comment and state this was a virtual visit, so that anybody looking at that, reviewing that note, will know that's what happened. And, it's, and that part, too, that's important for the insurance companies um, because they need that information to, to reimburse us.
1: Thank you. And when I said record, I, I did mean document, so that if, sure. for example, you know, often when you talk to the doctor, you you go, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and you <laughs> unless you're writing it down, you walk out and you say, wait a minute, what did what did what did he say? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was just wondering, is that what happens with a virtual visit? Will you will I as a patient have a little track record of changes or whatevers?
2: Yes, as a matter of fact, the, the software platform that we use is hypnosis, and in that, there is the ability, and we all use it, to send an email to the patient, The just a very quick thing of the, the diagnosis, maybe the medication that was prescribed, you know, our phone number, those kinds of things. Um, the other thing I think that will be important, too, as we move forward and we go to Epic, I think you're going to find the same thing is going to happen um, in the patient portal, where all that information is going to be available so that the patient can quickly go in at home and look things up um, much more than much more robust than what we're doing now.
1: Well, it sounds like there's an awful lot to be optimistic about in in this whole in this whole process. And again, the silver lining, sorry we were forced to it, but now we're getting there. And that may force better connectivity and broadband service and other things that we need to under to implement in order to really get the most out of this evolution some calls will be more general but other calls will be specific the baby has a fever the baby has an earache i have an earache or i you know that kind of thing so we're not looking and the, the detailed history will already have happened through the portal
2: i think that's the part of the virtual visits that we're still hammering out is you know what what are the good opportunities for us to use these? I think we already understand and have been doing already. It's very good for simple acute medical problems. You got a you got an earache, you got a sore throat, you got a rash. Um, I think I sprained my ankle, all that kind of stuff. You know, even you know if you sprain your ankle, we think it's fractured. Well, we can still order the X ray, and, and you can come to get the X ray. We can call you with the results. So. You know, at some point you may need to have a physical exam, but there are many things that we can do sort of seeing you physically. So those kinds of things we're already doing and well versed with. But then it's then you stop and think about okay, how about more of the what I refer to as the chronic disease management? How about the patient who has a long list of medical problems, long list of medicines? How does how do these virtual visits fit into that? Some of the thoughts that we've had, some of the things we've been discussing, you know, how about the the, the infirm patient, elderly patient that's home, it's very difficult for them to come to the office. Um, doing a virtual visit with them is interspersed with office visits, I think would be a marvelous way to be stay in touch and keep the patient from having to go through the, the pain of coming to the office. Um, maybe even with some of the other patients who have the same kind of thing, but are not as infirmed. Um, you know, blood pressure thing. You know, I'm on these blood pressure medicines and typically I see the doc every four to six months and we go, yep, your blood pressure is good. I listen to heart and lungs. Yep, see you in a a year for your physical. Well, why couldn't that visit be virtual and you'd tell me what your blood pressure is. You're not having any problems. Great. You know, see you in six months. So all all those kinds of things, you know, we're kind of percolating through trying to figure out how to do this um, and, and do it well. Um, so I think in the in the near future, you're going to see and hear a lot more of these kinds of things. And, and I know that we as a hospital system are already talking about that. And, you know, once we come up with some ways, I think we will begin to broadcast that and probably a little bit more, get that out to the public so they understand what where we're going with this and what we would like to be able to do for them.
1: I read that about half half of patients who use telemedicine reported that it increased their involvement in treatment decisions. And it got them more engaged in, in managing their own care. And I'm guessing that the more frequent um, conversations m- makes you more conversant, makes you understand your, your, your issues better so that you know better how to talk about them, take care of them, react or respond to them.
2: I also wonder, too, if part of the reason they feel that way is that you know when, when a patient comes to the office, they're in a foreign environment. I mean, they're on our turf. We're very comfortable with that, but sometimes patients are not. But when they're sitting at home in their environment, they may be a little more empowered to be involved more with their health care and be more conversant with that and, and, and bring up issues that maybe they're just a little reticent in the office. I, I don't know. I don't have any data to back that up. It's just you know, just came to my mind as we're talking about this.
1: One of the things, and I'm just kind of waxing poetic here because I love the subject so much. I like this you know interactivity and the ability to take more responsibility for your own self-care if if I'm properly taught, if I get the background. And many patients, when they're discharged, say, from a hospital, from a a surgical procedure, there is a little window of oh my god i'm going home how do i do that or how do i how do i handle a catheter how do i do things which probably a little video or a refresher or getting somebody to consult with could really help with
2: yes yeah i think those are all marvelous ideas you know and having you know these virtual visits don't have to be a, a physician or a nurse practitioner or pa you know, having one of our nurses get on, and like you say, somebody who just went home from the hospital, do a virtual visit, how are things going? Let me see see how your site looks. I mean, all those kinds of things we just haven't explored yet.
1: This has been Dr. Kurt Harding. He is the primary care medical director of UHS Shenango Memorial Hospital in Norwich, New York. Thank you very much.
2: You are welcome, thank you.
0: That concludes this episode of Shenango Voice. We hope you enjoyed our program. Please subscribe using your favorite podcast application so that you can be notified when our next episode is published. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant at 103 East Main Street in Norwich, New York. Now serving the Shenango County community with take-home comfort food and indoor dining. Lunch and dinner Monday through Saturday with lunches from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and dinner from 5 to 8.30 p.m. To order or reserve a table, call 607-334-9480. The weekly menu can be downloaded from their website at 2 com. Just click the link to Bohemian Moon at the top of the page. Thank you for listening.